privilege with another trophy. The second, um, second this this uh, season, all the comments we made about Inzaghi, I think we all look like idiots now. Um, but uh, you win another trophy uh, uh, against Juventus. Uh, your reaction? Woo! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I mean. Uh... I will actually give my apology. Obviously, in the beginning, with Inzaghi coming to Inter, a lot of Inter fans had their doubts, like, oh, we're getting a Lazio manager whose performances were spotty. Yes, they've been spotty over the season, but that's normal with, like, any football manager out there. Um, But he has really stepped into the manager role at Inter in a big way, uh, pretty much silencing the doubters. Keeping us in the title race, obviously, we don't know how that's going to finish because it's still neck and neck at the moment. Um, you Then we won the Supercoppa, and then now we just won the Coppa Italia. So two trophies in his first season with the club is a huge accomplishment. So I would like to take this moment to apologize to Inzaghi for having a bunch of doubts going into the season. Wait, well, really- I, I, there are still doubts to be had. What I was just kind of referencing is um, we were talking last week. I mean, technically it was you and Ryan. I was just I was just giving suggestions to topics. But um, we were talking last week about uh, the not that you know he's doing a bad job, but we're speaking as if that Inter need a new manager. And I think um, to be to, to be fair, I didn't agree with it, but I just kind of went with the conversation um, just because you know Ryan was the guest and he was. I liked the conversation he was getting into. Um, but so, so there, so it's not like it's removed the doubts, but it's just kind of, we had no business talking about what we talked about last week. That's kind of what I'm referencing. Well, yeah, but anyways, I mean, this was obviously it was like, obviously you had Nicola Barella scoring in the sixth minute, which we've discussed over the past year, like those 15, 20 minutes early on are crucial for inter success. So they came right out of the gate in the first six minutes, giving into the 1-0 lead. But then in the second, the start of the second half, Juventus, obviously, we're not going to keep quiet. Pondovich, ha- by the way. How well, bad was that? That was terrible. I mean, what the heck it did. Hand Dam- Sometimes I call him Hand Damovich. <laughs> like, what the heck are you thinking, dude? But yeah, I mean, in the span of two minutes, Hand Danovich had some crucial errors and got Juventus the 2-1 lead. And then you had a penalty, the penalty situation. All right, where- hold on. Let's, 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 okay, the first one. I, I know, it, like, if you, if you watch it in live time, it looks like it's a legitimate penalty. But I don't know. I love Lataro. But he went down far too easily. I felt – I'm not saying it was a dive – but I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. What, what, what do you think about the, the, the first penalty? I think he went down a little too easily myself, but obviously it was the official's decision. Okay, then the penalty was given, which was, I do believe, converted by Kalanahu. Yeah, because um, I was busy during this match, so I caught up with like what was going on I in the whole situation. I need to watch this match from, from the start. This, is, this was an incredible cup final. I have to watch it myself too. Because, uh, by the way, the Vladovich goal was sick too. That was insane as well. 
I know. Vlahovic has been a really great addition to Juventus. I mean, good God. And then, so Juventus, and then so with the Kalanhu penalty, that equalized things in with 2-2, and then this match goes into extra time. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Ivan Perisic scores in the 99th minute and the 100, I do believe it was the 102nd minute, just within a span of a few minutes, and pretty much was the one who stepped up and made sure Inter walked away with that Copa Italia. I mean, I mean, obviously, Perisic's contract is do, end, ends in June, but maybe, just maybe, hopefully, they're able to reach an agreement and maybe sign for maybe one or two more seasons. I do. Hold on, sorry. I, I do one year deal. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm he, thinking. I said one or two seasons. He's what is he? Thirty-two, thirty-three. He's getting up there, and and he plays a very demanding position where which, which takes a lot of athleticism, and he's not as uh, as from an athletic standpoint, he's just not what he was two, three years ago. He doesn't have that burst event. He has like he's been he's been great this season. Um, I'm pretty certain that he'll be my team of the season. I, even though I have, I have to move some stuff around, I'm pretty sure he's in, he's going to be in a lot of people's team of the season from that position. Uh, but he just doesn't have the level of explosion. So I don't know if you if you would it would make sense to to give him a long contract. Um, uh, but I, I think that uh, I do a one year deal with an option of a second, just because I, I, I don't think they can let him walk for free. Because then you have to dip into the wing back market, and and someone who will like you know because of the system you play, who who plays a back five, who plays well in that system. Uh, given the system that you play, it's there's not very many players uh, at that position who fit what you guys do. So I think it'd be too complicated um, to to try to move on, but also. You don't want to give him like a lot of money. Just give him enough so he sticks around for maybe another season. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe one, maybe two seasons at most. Just because I mean, you made up a really good, valid point. Um, he is, doesn't have that explosiveness that he used to. With, but obviously, he's in his early thirties, just like I'm in my early thirties. Once you hit past thirty, you're going downhill, regardless. <laughs> it's Tell like, that what? <laughs> Tell that to Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once I'm getting past, like, dude, like, physically at least, come on. I mean, like, I have a hard time getting up off the floor these days. That's how bad it is. Just coming when you hit 30 and then we'll talk. But, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, he's getting up there. Obviously, he isn't as explosive as a player, but, I mean – when it matter has mattered the most, he has been that player to get Inter back into some, especially in certain situations where we go down. But Ivan Perisic is there to like score a goal or if anything, just provide a great assist for like Martinez or something. So I mean, but overall, this was match was a banger. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I think both teams again. Both the penal, okay, both penalties were questionable. 
not as ridiculous as the Roma penalty, which we'll get to uh, later. Um, but the second, even the second one is just like, it kind of seemed like Delet just bumped into, um, I don't remember who it was, they bumped into each other, which by the, the, the law shouldn't be a penalty if there's just a collision. Because that's what it seemed like to me. Um, but regardless, I, I think Inter deserved their, their Copa Italia. Their first one, they've won in 11 years. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's big. Um, so, hold on. That's, that, I think I think 11 years. So that would be 2011, 2000. I will actually research this. Um, they were coming out with the headlines after we had just secured it. It actually was the 2010-2011 season where we won the – I think it was the Champions League, league, and then the Copa. Copa yeah, oh yeah. that's right, that's right. Because um, no, because I remember I was just trying to figure out how long ago it was because the year before that, um, uh, they'd gone to two finals in a row, and then the the, the year after, so seven, eight, they went to the final twice, and then. Um, in two separate years, obviously. And then in between, I don't remember who won it, but somebody won it in between. And then they'd won it the next year with, with Mourinho after. Because it was Roma beat them twice. They gave them that pipe in that first one, 6-2. And then they, they won the second year. So they won – Roma won 7-8. And then I think someone weird, like St. Doria won in, in 2009. And then 2010. Uh, yeah, so that I think that sounds right. Anyway, yeah, they were coming out with like the like historical like when was the last time we won it and stuff. So yeah, I was researching it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so you know they they come up with a another big trophy. Um, Anzagi wins his I think second or third as a coach, which is good. Uh, uh, Inter will have that sort of confidence now that they can do what they can now. Obviously. Um, it's not in your hands. The other thing, the league isn't in your hands, um, but maybe you'll get a little help there. Um, as you know, and as I know, and as everybody knows, going to play Sassuolo away from home is not an easy thing to deal with. Um, so if there's one that is potentially, uh, if, 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 you're, if they're going to give you some sort of uh, sense of hope, I think it'll be that game, which will be the last game of the season. I don't think um, – we'll talk about this later, but I don't think uh, Alanta is going to um, beat AC Milan. I just don't see it. Um, and, unfortunately, I think you guys need them to lose. So, if they got a draw, if they drew one of these games, um, I still think that it's, it's still in their hands, basically, which is unfortunate. But there's a possibility to do that. And winning three trophies in a season will be great. Again – doesn't count as a treble. I don't care. I, I don't care if you win at the league, the Copa Italia, and then the Super Cup. That's not. That doesn't count as a treble. Um, but you know, I think it's it, it's just shown how Inter has grown um, the last couple of years, especially what Conte started. Um, Anzagi's kind of innovated that a bit. Um, not to say it's better. Because I would take Conte's Inter versus uh, over Inzaghi's any day, even with the same, even even with the the, the roster that they have right now. Because Conte's just uh, again, he's just he's one of the best in the world. Um, but you know, I think it's it's obviously a great thing for Inter, and and 
I think it just adds more uh, intensity to the to the title race, and uh, we'll see what happens. But another trophy, you are what? Uh, two, third, right? Yeah, my third trophy. All right. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, because Super Cup League, Super Copa, Copa Italia. Yep, three. You've been to one other. You've been to one other final, but you didn't win that one. So I think, yeah, three. So yeah. now let's see. I'm up by one. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, okay. So let's 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 since we're talking about this, uh, the glory of Inter. <laughs> um, this weekend, you had a little bit of a, a scare against um, Empoli um, with a former Inter player, uh, you know, giving you the business in the first half. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the, the turnaround against Empoli? And was there a point where you were seriously sort of uh, feeling that uh, it's over now <laughs> before you came back, obviously? Obviously, when in that scenario where Inter were struggling, like Empoli were up, I think it was like 2-1 or something two, at that they, point. 2-0 lead, and um, Inter never were struggling. They Because uh, there's this weird thing where you can be down by two goals and still not be struggling. Empoli just kicked in the mouth a couple of times. Um, Andrea Piamotti scoring that first goal. Um and then, you know, Inter is sort of in, like, oh, let's get things. And then obviously they came back. They drew level shortly after. And then they, they, they clean up uh, in the second half to win it. Yeah. When we went 2-0 down, I'm like thinking in my head, oh, my gosh, it's over. It's over. But, I mean, this is a team that was – they weren't actually necessarily struggling, but it, no. it just felt like it in the moment. Because normally we don't we I mean I think we've only lost to Empoli maybe once when they were promoted the first time I don't remember but or we actually wait I don't think you've ever lost to them No we haven't lost to them so I mean there was not, not in club history but in the last couple of years I mean Yeah so I've it, as I said in the moment it felt like it was over and it felt like we were struggling but. Obviously, the first, like those particular moments, it was just we had a hard time capitalizing on any chances that we had. But then, obviously, this is a team that dug down within themselves and got them back on level ground. And then, obviously, they went on to win it. Um, this just proves how far interest come in regards to like, especially against like mid-table teams, the relegation teams. In the past, they would struggle to, like, come back after getting, like, a deficit. And then now they're sitting here coming back and winning in in a huge way. So this shows how much is like, – like I said, from when I started, this like, if they got a deficit in, like, the first 20 minutes, it was game over, like, literally. But now this is a team that will fight no matter what. And yeah. it just shows how much they've grown over the past few years. True. Yeah. No. Totally fair. To be fair, that was before BC, before Conte. <laughs> yeah. Good times, man. Yeah. Remember December, the seven match of beaten, like losing streak, sitting here. Someone get a medic stat. <laughs> no, but no, they've, they've come a long way again. And I, again, I don't mean I don't mean it in a bad way, or I'm just giving I'm just giving you shit. But but 
you have been very fortunate um, in, in regards to th- the way your team has evolved, um, you know, in, in, you know, a very short period of time from, you know, I mean, again, you've, you've been on the do- doorstep of Champions League or qualifying for Champions League. I mean, more or less your whole um, time as a fan. It's not your fault. You just, you just happen to pick very, very wisely. <laughs> Um, which is great, but you know, the, you know, there's, it's even to, to where you were a few years ago, I think you've really kind of taken it to another level. Um, and we'll see, you know, the, the league is the league. And again, you allow that not to be in your control, which again, you can say is on Inzaghi and some of the decisions he made in those matches. But, but at the same time, I think collectively from top to bottom, he's done a reasonable job. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just one of those things that you have to kind of graft and go through and winning a trophy, even if you don't win the league, um, like Ryan said last yes, last week that that might be a good thing because of the, uh, um, because of the decisions or, or the choices you might make on the back of that. But so even if you get second super Copa, Copa Italia, I mean, that's, that's not a bad return regardless, but obviously all you got to do is con- continue to play well, continue to, to pick up your points and, and hope some way, somehow, those boys in Milan uh, decide to take a nap one of these days. <laughs> um, yes. Hang on. George Perisic, how does it feel winning the Copa Cuddle Italia? <laughs> Go on. Go cuddle with Perry Springer. Go on. All right, uh, let's since since Juventus is, is topic of conversation, let's let's talk about their horrible weekend too. <laughs> oh, in, in fairness, though, they did play well in this game. Just and again, Nico's gonna probably uh, after today is gonna have a meme of VAR versus Juventus or whatever. But, but... um, actually, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I was having a conversation with him earlier. Because I told him that Juventus played very well in this match. And he says, F-V-A-R. And always when we play you, they help you. And Allegri with his stupid tactics, too. Well, to be fair, 50% of, what he, that, 50% of that statement is correct. Allegri and his stupid tactics. Like, exactly. I, it, I, yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I get what he's saying, but you can't just say that every time you lose to a certain team. Um, I, so when we get to the wrong game, you'll see. I complained about a situation, um, <laughs> but I didn't say that Roma deserved to win the game. That's the difference between him and me. Sometimes he'll bring up referee decisions that are completely valid, but also saying that's why said team beat us. You know what I mean? Um, but... Um, no, they both played well. Juventus played well. The penalties, technically, both are penalties. But, you know, there, there were soft ones. But I don't think you can just say that that Inter only won because of the penalties that were given. Um, and, I mean, he's, he's, had, he's seen an ungodly amount of league titles. So I don't feel I too bad for him. I was, 
I was actually going to throw that back. I'm like, yes, that's the person who has nine league titles. I don't know how many Copa Italias and Super Copa. It's more than that, because, <laughs> because I don't know how old he is, but he, I mean, if you take the era from for the Juventus eight in a row, you have that. And then I'm, I'm sure he's been a fan for, for, for a really long time before that, too. So then you, you take all those titles before that as well. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, yeah Juventus, there's no denying that they, they played well in that game. Uh, I'm sure at that time, and they won the Copa title last year. So, I, I, yeah, they would have liked to win that game, but you know, I, I think, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, speaking of Ju- Juventus, though, um, Genoa. Uh, a little bit of a lifeline after we basically told them last week that they were already relegated, um, beating Juventus late. The uh, ball scores for for the old lady, um, and then they get a uh, sorry. General gets a late equalizer, late penalty. Um, you know the general fans are crazy, going crazy. You can see, you see the white smoke behind the goal as they take the penalty. The scores on Chesney, uh, they win the game and. Um, the bottom of the table um, just has gotten a lot more interesting. Yeah, I agree, and I think maybe I jinxed Juventus by wearing black and what a black and white dress on Sunday. Maybe I jinxed things a little bit. <laughs> it would yeah. jinx your you're an Inter fan. That would jinx yourself. And that see that so I don't think I don't think it jinxed you at all. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, I mean this match was I was shocked to be honest with you like I wasn't expecting you Genoa to come out and beat Juventus I mean obviously Juventus from top to bottom are the stronger team but Genoa is in the fight of their lives right now to get to stay in this league especially with um Salernitina being really close in points along with, I think there's one tag. It's 25, 28, 29, 30. Yeah. So bottom four. So for them, any, every single point matters at this point. And so to get that result is huge. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate for Juventus, but really good for Genoa who are trying to keep their stay a little bit longer yeah um the, the Juventus obviously would prefer not to have lost that game and it's, it's a little disappointing but they in fairness though Juventus does have their um their Champions League position already secured um in general is just trying to fight for their lives there um I, I wouldn't say I'm stunned though and last week I tried to give you an out when, when you were just, you know, saying, oh, Juventus just was always going to get that goal, that sort of thing. Um, because remember last week, Venencia bottom of the table against Juventus. They were, the, it was a, they were 15 minutes away, uh, Juventus, from, from getting one point instead of three. And it was dangerously close. And again, 15 minutes is not a lot of time, you know. So I think they, it showed last week that um, – um, they're just not don't, don't have the same level of assertiveness 
um, as, as they did earlier in the season. They got Champions League uh, qualification all locked up. Um, I wouldn't say they're on the beach yet, but you know, maybe there was something to be desired. I'm not sure, but again, still very disappointing. Juventus, um, they're probably gonna, they're yeah, they're going to finish fourth now um, for sure. Um, yeah, because Lazio is is um, is more than six. Uh, sorry, more than six points uh, from where they are, and uh, so Juventus uh, a rough one to take, um, but gives gives Genoa maybe some life. Again, I think it's going to be tough, <laughs> but maybe maybe they can survive. But obviously, I'm my my uh, I want Salernitana to to survive over the rest of them, um, just because of where they came from, but. But anyway, Ju- Juventus uh, fall a little short um, there. Um, all right. Um, we'll just run through this one really quick. Um, Napoli, late goal. Uh, Devin Ruiz beats Torino. Um, good win. But again, they can't, they can't win the league. They can't fall out of the Champions League. So kind of just sort of, you know, a win is a win. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to take away from it except that it is they went, did go up against Torino. I mean, it was just that one goal that gave them the three points. Obviously, they're not competing for anything at this moment except staying in the Champions League, which they're already done. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right. So, now let's talk about the game of the year potentially in Serie A. Bologna and Venencia, top of the table versus meaningless middle. Um, Venencia, 2-0, go up by two after 19 minutes. Then here come uh, Bologna, score three in a row. Then <laughs> Venencia equalizes. And then in the, uh, in the last kick of the game, pretty much, in the 93rd minute, they score um, – a winner, they get three points. Uh, I believe if they would have lost this game, they would have automatically been relegated. Um, and now, again, just like Genoa, finds a, f- finding a little life there um, in what was an absolutely astounding match. Yeah, I mean, Venezia uh, did really well in this match. Uh, mathematically, based on that, obviously they would have been relegated. Had that been the case, um, there's still a lot of two more matches to see if they could turn around, but I highly doubt it. But, I mean, this was just a great match for them. And I'm just sad we're losing the dopest hits in football. I mean, we're, we're still getting Leche back, so I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah, but their kits are not as dope, though. I don't know. They're, they're, they're pretty nice. Well, um, yeah, I mean, if you offered me, okay, uh, the best kids in the league are going to get relegated, but in return, I'll give you a new Serie A team that hasn't been here in a long time. I'll give you Lecce back and maybe Benevento back. I'll take it. I think that's a good trade. Um, can we get boring SC back? Oh, wait, they're bankrupt. <laughs> Outrageous, um, yeah, because 
Benevento and uh, Brescia could one of those two teams could come back um, as well. We just don't know yet because they they haven't done the Serie Serie B playoffs yet. But um, Lecce is back and uh, a new team is coming back too as well. So so I think that's great. And you know, but we don't know for sure we're losing this team because um, it's so close. You know, they will need to win their next two games, which is which is possible. Actually, no, it's unlikely. <laughs> I think. Hold on, let me check their schedule. Who do they have? Um, I mean, I hope they're relegated by Saturday because <laughs> we played on Saturday. Uh, oh boy! Uh, so they have Roma, and then they have uh, at, away from home, and then they have uh, Calgary. Um, so it's not impossible. It's not likely. And I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to even speculate uh, hypothetically because yeah I'm not I'm just not going to do it to myself. Um, but you know so it's, it's still very close to the bottom and, and maybe perhaps they could do something um, here. But um, I don't know. We'll just we'll just have to see um, where everything is at the moment. And um, yeah, it's going to be the interesting uh, last couple of weeks for sure. Um, all right, let's let's get Lazio. Uh, um, two two nil over Sampdoria. Um, they move into fifth place with two games remaining. They do have Juventus on Monday. Um, but what are your thoughts on on Lazio's uh, change of form the last couple of weeks? I mean, as much as you hate them, they have done a great job turning these like their performances around, especially since they were struggling like before a few a couple of matches before then. So seeing them turn around and perform at a more consistent basis is huge for them. But, I mean, it's just a little too late. I think they still have a possibility of getting into your European competitions, but... No, they're... So, the, we'll talk about this in a minute, but but uh, they're... Roma um, and Lazio both... So, Lazio have three points ahead of Roma... So, but if they finish, even if they finish sixth, they still make the Europa League. And then behind Roma is Atlanta and Fiorentina with the same amount of points. But Roma holds a goal difference advantage against Fiorentina and they hold a head to head advantage against Atlanta. Meaning, if I mean, it's all kind of loosey goosey here, but but if Roma win their last two games, they'll finish in, um, uh, they'll finish in the Europa League spot. Um, and if, um, if Lazio wins one of their last two games, we'll finish in the Europa League spot. If Lazio loses both, it's possible that maybe Fiorentina or Lanta, somebody could come up um, and, and take it. But I think they just need one more point to basically secure themselves in in, uh, in Europa League with a three. Um, what could be interesting, though, is um, I believe Fiorentina or Atlanta could still make the Europa League if um, if certain things happen, so for example, if Roma re- went okay, I'm just going to be optimistic. When Roma win the Conference League, it would free up, and I think it I think it would free up an extra Europa uh, sorry Europa League spot. So if Roma do what they're supposed to do on May the 25th at at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, Central Time, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, 
So if they handle Fey- Feyenoord uh, and win that tournament, win that trophy, um, I believe one more Europa League spot would become available because Roma would, would have qualified through a European competition, meaning Fiorentina and Alantha still couldn't make the Europa League if Roma win the Conference League on May 25th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So there's still yeah. a lot of movement, but Lazio are pretty secure in, in themselves, at least at least top six, at least making the Europa League. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Um, anyway, yeah, I think I think it was a good victory. Sampdoria is, is not a good team this season. Um, Ryan was especially harsh on them last week, but um, yeah, so yeah, they, they get the points. It's important. They they got themselves in fifth now, which is good for them. But you know, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. Um, uh, all right. Uh, Annette, since we just talked about uh, my rivals, but we're going to talk about yours now. Um, uh, AC Milan uh, come from behind to beat Verona. Good Verona team. Verona team that's given them trouble, but, you know, Sandra Tonali with another superb performance there. Um, uh, you know, uh, away from home, they get three points. They stay at top of the league, at least for the time being. Yeah, I mean, once... It's like we have this rule in our Inter Milan group chat on Instagram, where you're not allowed to talk about your rival team until halftime and the final whistle. Until then, we all have to do the word "calma." So you basically shut up during that whole time and see how things pan out. Um, in the obviously, we saw Verona go one zero up, but then obviously, it's AC Milan people. They're not going to go down. So, especially against Verona, even though they that Verona has given them issues this season, but the, this is a team that comes back and knows how to win. And Sandro Tonali has been a crucial part of that team. It's crazy to believe that we almost signed him, but I mean, it's like, but I mean, in general, they are looking to slowly start upgrading their squad that's also that was is aging as well. So seeing Tonali, who's still in his twenties, become a huge a part of that team is good to see how he's performing with them, even though we I hate it. But I mean in general, I mean you can't they, obviously it keeps them at the top of the table for the time being. That's the word time being. But it's but I mean in general this is a dog fight to the end. So whatever happens happens. I mean I, I don't want to open that wound again. But but I mean hang on, hang on <laughs> let, me, let me brace myself. Okay now you can go. No, um, obviously Tonali didn't what didn't quite hit the marks that he was expected to hit last year it was very disappointing uh, last season. Um, but. Look in hindsight, obviously where he is now. How 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 important do you think that uh, you know that signing in particular is going to turn out to be? Considering um, they're losing um, Frank Cassie that this summer. I mean, signing Tenali was definitely a much needed piece, especially since you, Frank Cassie is leaving. So, I mean, to have somebody who's young, has these fresh legs, and really ha- who is 
finally, in my opinion, starting to come into his own in that team. It, it, it was definitely a much-needed signing for them, especially since they lost him and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, in general, it was a, it was a much-needed thing for them going forward as a team. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to be truth uh, transparent here, Sanderson has been the best player in the league for the last month. He's, mm-hmm. he's sc- he scored that goal against Lazio, which at the end could mean absolutely everything. He scores twice in this, in this game. Technically three times because his first goal got taken away um, because of VAR. But uh, top to bottom, I mean, he's, he's just been, you know, incredible. Um, I don't think he's quite been good enough for the whole, through uh, from the beginning to end of the season to put himself in that player of the season conversation this season. Um, but next season, if he continues to, to put something together and continues to play this, I think there's no doubt that he's going to be a, a type of player that will be in, uh, in that conversation, um, you know, uh, for, for the next couple of years, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Milan played the Milan played their game. Um, it was, it wasn't an easy game playing Verona never is. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, they they can be really tricky, and it was, it was really tricky. You look at the score, oh, they, but it was it Milan struggled. They, it wasn't an easy performance, but it was it was a good performance. But it was it was difficult because Verona always is. You know, you have one of the best players in the league in that midfield. Then you have uh, Jeremy Lin up top, uh, um, and you know, well conducted team that's that's done a really good job even without their their puppet master that's now in Torino. So um, didn't win the game, but I thought they played well, and, and Milan just kind of overpowered them in the end. Um, By the way, first, before we get into it, I heard your cat, so hello, kitty. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't hear my cat, but you did. <laughs> um, I have headphones in, though, so that's, maybe that's why. Um, all right. I, I want to avoid talking about what I don't want to. Oh, finally. I found another game we could talk about before I just got unleashed for about six minutes. Um, this game pissed me off. Uh, Salentina Calgary. And th- this is why. Um, obviously, Salentina do a good job. They're still not in the relegation zone. But they would they could have been, you know, three, four, four points clear now had they won this game. They get the penalty. They take the lead. Salentina's been done a terrific job lately. They continue that momentum. And obviously, there were some red cards being exchanged from both teams. Um, a few minutes were taken off the clock. Um, and then it goes into, obviously, the later stages of the game. Uh, they're, you know, we're approaching the 90th minute. And then um, I see a card on the sideline that with a number nine on it. And I thought it was a. I thought I thought I was reading it incorrectly. It is an absurd amount of stoppage time to to give in a game that maybe maybe the red card stuff took off. I don't know four six minutes. If if, if it was six minutes, I'm fine. That's 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 perfectly respectable. But it it almost seemed like like it, it was like. I don't even know the words. I knew they were going to fucking score too. When they, when I, I saw the fucking nine go up, I'm like, Oh, this is like 2020 Lazio. Do you remember Lazio the year they, they were trying to win the league and they had that great team and mm-hmm. they would score like they had like 50, not 50, but they had a lot of goals scored in the 96th, 97th, 99th, 101st minute goals. 
in matches that they were going to drop points. And it was just like a huge amount of stoppage time for, for something that, that they could have done with, with just the five minutes. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying there was anything behind this, but I, I was, fr- I was annoyed by how many minutes they gave because at the end there, boom, Calgary comes in header, uh, uh beat, beats them and uh, beats the goalkeeper. And, uh, Instead of taking three points, they just take one. They still they're still away from the relegation zone, but they have Udinese and Empoli now. Um, I think it's time to be a little concerned about what's happening. Um, but you know, I think I think Calgary played a great game. So it's not it's, my anger is not with Calgary. Um, I think they handled themselves really well, and I think they played well, and they they fought until the end to get that goal. I just think the amount of stoppage time was absurd. Well, the next. Cagliari match is up against my boys Inter. So, oh, so three points there for them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. I'm out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> He's a game. Who? I mean, who doesn't go to Inter and wins? <laughs> Apart from us, three times. <laughs> Just wait. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. But obviously, the season's coming to a close, and we're almost going to be we're preparing our teams of the season and awards. But you, why don't you, just because of this, why don't you tell the people the new category for us? Just us. Worst take. And, the wor- and some of the funniest lines throughout the season. So... <laughs> Stay tuned for that fun ap- category. <laughs> but anyway, um, in fairness, that would have to go under lines because that wasn't that was a joke and it wasn't a serious take. So yeah, you can't you can do stuff for a serious. Like when you said Bayern Munich needed to or need, Villarreal needed to, to play in a neutral site to beat Bayern Munich when they had 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 beaten them in the first leg. <laughs> Just saying. Oh my god, that was I'm excited to see what take you. That was from really bad. That, that's not what that's it. I, I have a few I'm, I'm floating but that's definitely one of them <laughs> oh tragically. but anyway i mean you're right that now back to the serious thing at hand now um yeah this nine minutes of stoppage time i mean obviously you have the two red cards which took time off but i mean you could easily have just finished that in like five or six minutes but no when you give a team nine minutes to possibly get it back into this you know what's gonna happen especially with how fast how much faster and more aggressive they're gonna play so i mean it i just hope salentina is able to hold on against empoli and uh udinese and hopefully they stay up but if not it was an honor salentina uh I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying thank you for playing in Syria. Yet. I'm. I'm fucking still behind this thing, and I think they'll still survive. But, but, I don't know. There's something tricky about Genoa. They've been in this league for so long. They know how to handle themselves, and this would be classic Genoa. Because remember that that year where they were so bad, and we just kind of wrote them off as being relegated. And then last game of the season, they win their game in Fiorentina, or and Fiorentina loses, so they ended up staying in the league. And I forgot who got relegated instead, but but I don't know. There, there's something tricky because Salentina, one of those games is at home, but their home isn't isn't Genoa's home. Genoa's home is hard. 
we went there. You went there. We still won our game that that particular game, but it, it took it took uh, you know a lot to do that. And obviously, you guys you guys went there and and couldn't score against uh, a, you know pretty average team. So you can't underestimate the atmosphere that they they produce there. And, and how difficult it can be. And, you know, that's just one thing I worry about. I do think they'll still survive, but, but at Genoa, it could be a, a serious a threat to, to um, take their spot. But again, it, it, it would take some, it would take like Salentino losing and Genoa winning or something. But, but I think it's still a possibility they could, they could uh, do something and grab it. But I'm still hoping on Salentino to, to, um, to, to stay away from the bottom, um, not only because of, the incredible story. But do you remember the Cortone team from, I don't know, five years ago that was like in last place for almost the entire season? And oh, then yeah, I, remember, I remember Team Cruton. I, th- I, I think they had 13 points after 29 games. And then they go on this big run and then they, they go to Lazio, beat them the last game of the season to stay up. Incredible story, especially that last bit. Um, Salentina's manager now is the same manager that orchestrated that one. So the guy knows what he's doing in these situations. So I have faith, but Genoa is an interesting one. And I don't think Calgary survives. I just don't think they're good enough, but, but uh, Genoa would be the, the other one I'd look at if they're going to somehow um, escape. Uh, but it's, it's, I think it's between those two, but I do think Salentina will get something in the next two games. And as long as they get points, I think they'll be okay, but it's 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 going to be it's 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 rather tense now. Yeah, I definitely agree. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But but we've de- already determined that it, Genoa should not. Just can we just pack up? Can they just pack up Sampdoria and take them with them? Yeah, that'd be great. Or I mean, <laughs> you know, Sampdoria we might be the cases. <clears throat> The funny thing is, um, Sam Doria might be with them next year. <laughs> not this, not next year, but the year after, if, if they don't get promoted. Because uh, you know we don't know what's going to happen. But Sam Doria are one of my top three favorites for from this year out to get relegated next year. I think. Can I ask I, why? Because who's because look at look at the the players that they have in their squad. Look at the seasons they continue to have. Somebody somebody's taking their players. You know, we talked about the defender that um, that um, Brian was talking about last week. We talk about Mikkel Damsgaard, who who's been injured most of the season, but but he, he can't be playing. For, I mean, with all due respect to Sampdoria, he he can be playing for a much bigger club. You look at the goalkeeper that has saved them multiple times this season. He's another guy who somebody's somebody's going to go gra- grab. So I just I just think and I could be wrong, but I think they're going to be obliterated. Their squad's going to be ripped apart. Because they're barely going to survive. And the players in the team are going to think to themselves, do I really want to be here next year and barely survive again? Or could I, you know, because even like teams like Fiorentina, because I'm not, these players are probably not going to the top of the league. You know, the, the mighty Milan, the mighty Inter, the mighty Roma, the mighty, not so mighty Lazio, but whoever, Chiromova, uh, Alanta, you know, stuff like that. But you could see some of those other teams, like Verona, like Sassuolo, who's going to lose a bunch of pieces, like um, Fiorentina, like Bologna. So, so there's, there are better teams in this league that those types of players can go play for. 
that would be a much more um, enjoyable uh, place to play than Sampdoria, just because they, they're almost getting relegated every year, but they don't, you know? So I just think unless, unless something drastic happens, I just, I don't know. I, they would be one of those teams that I think would, would potentially get dragged down with, with them. And, but the problem is I think Genoa will, will go straight back up next year. But that's just that's the way I feel. Um, but anyway, that, that's, that's the main reason why. That makes sense. All right. Um, I'd say yeah, Spezia, Alanta. Alanta learned how to play football again. Um, they, they only have one loss in their last five, two wins. Um, I think they're they're starting to to heat up at the right time. They do have Milan um, next week at the Bergamo, where everyone goes and, and annihilates them and go home <laughs> um, because they've been there's some total rubbish there um, this season. Um, I believe they have more wins away from home than at home, so I, I, would, I would favor Milan heavily there. But but they're right there now. A few weeks ago, they were they were miles off potentially Europa League. Um, and now it looks like that they'll have possibility for it. And with Roma winning, if Roma win the conference league, there might be another spot that they could go grab as well. So what are your thoughts on Alanta kind of getting things back together? A little too late there, friends. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, at least they were able to, like, get something out of this match where it has lately over the past, even the past few months, Obviously, we took Robin Gozens, and then you had Zapata being injured on and off throughout this season, which were obvi- are obviously, well, Gozens was, and Atalanta's current best player out. And so that means they were relying heavily on a team with, like, really no, in my opinion, no real leadership. But at times they had some good performances, but overall it was just very, very inconsistent from what we've seen from them over the past two seasons. But it was nice to finally see them get back into knowing how to play football. Like you just said, I mean, a 3-1 victory is what we would have expected from them throughout the season, but obviously circumstances changed that. But just to see this from them is a breath of fresh air based on what we've seen over recent weeks. Yeah, about, by the way, Zabata's been back for a little while, um, which is crazy. And I checked the other day. He's still, I think he's still in the top 20 for a big chance to create in the league, which is crazy because he's been, he's been missing half the season. <laughs> um, but it just shows how important that he, he can be for that team. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know for, for Champions League, it's done. For Europa League, it's not done because Roma, Fiorentina, and, and Alonso both have the same amount of points. Again, if, if they're going to get sixth, Roma needs to lose both of their games because they have, they have the head-to-head. So even if, they have this, even if Elana wins all the rest of their games, Roma wins all the rest of their games, and Fiorentina wins all the rest of their games, because none of these teams play each other, the table would still look – it would still be Roma, Fiorentina, and Alanta. But I think Alanta still have to be motivated to play because if Roma wins the Conference League – then the last, uh, you know, um, the last game of the season will, will be much more impactful because there will be an extra Europa League spot available to the league. You know what I mean? So they just have to stay consistent because play your play the best you can play. Try to get the results because if another Europa League spot appears, you want to be able to cash in on that rather than uh, – 
Fiorentina. Although, of those two, of uh, of um, because I'm assuming you want um, you want Lazio, Roma, and, and the Europa League spots. Am I right in yes. saying that? Yes. Okay. So outside of those, let's let's just assume if there if one opens up, but for Alonso Fiorentina, which which team would you rather get that spot? I'm just curious. What was that? If 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 a Europa League, if a third Europa League spot is available to Atlanta and Fiorentina, only one is going to get it. If you could, if you, in your preference, who would you rather get that spot? Is what I'm asking. So Atlanta or Fiorentina? Yeah. Let me give give me a minute. I would say Fiorentina. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. The reason is. Fiorentina is hasn't been in a European competition. I don't know for how long. I could because twenty fifteen, I, I think. Yeah, so it has been a while where Atalanta have been in some European competition, whether it's Europa League, Champions League, the like. So I think for Fiorentina, it would be just a huge accomplishment to make it into the European title. European competition picture, which they haven't done since the twenty. Well, when I basically when I started, so so I mean for yeah. them it would be just a huge accomplishment. So I would definitely take somebody who hasn't had the chance to be in it routinely over the past few years. Right, and I think I think if okay, I'm not going to stop saying if when Roma win the Europa League, or sorry, win the Conference League. I believe a conference, the conference league spot that's already available in Syria would go to the other team. But I would rather, um, personally, I'd rather Fiorentina in the Europa League. And just just to show you how long it's been, do you know who played for that uh, Fiorentina team in 2015 when they were um, in the um, or 14, 15 when they uh, um, when they made Europe? Who? There was a right winger. Uh, uh, from Egypt by the name of Mohamed Salah. Last time they, the oh. Europa, their their right wing was Mohamed Salah. <laughs> because I don't know if you know knew this, but before he went to Roma, he 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 was on loan at Fiorentina for like uh, for half the season. So that's how long it's been, and that was a Mohamed Salah that wasn't quite proven to the world, or who had hadn't really introduced himself to to world football. Now he's obviously one of the best players in the world. So that's 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 how long it's been. Um, all right, all right. So let's let's get this out of. The, I mean, I, I saved it for last for a reason because I didn't want to talk about it. But, but um, uh, Fiorentina beats Roma in Firenze. Um, on Monday, um, I'm going to say this before I complain for about 25 minutes. <laughs> um, Fiorentina um, deserved to win this game. I thought it was a really inspiring performance. Everybody chipped in and did their part. Um, they, uh, they they didn't give Roma a chance after after the quick start and and. You know, I just think it's 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 just says what what of, of Vincenzo Italiano has done with this team and the way he's gotten them to this spot with all the stuff that has gone on behind the scenes with Gattuso getting hired and then he he quitting and they the Fiorentina hires him as a second as a number two choice. Um, 
technically it wasn't a number two choice because Fiorentina's interests um, this summer were Gattuso, um, Ivan Juric, and uh, Roberto De Zerbi. So he was like their fourth, fourth choice. Then he was linked to the Lazio job, and he was their second choice. They went with Sarri. And then Gattuso fell through, and the other two guys had already been hired, so they, he came and got him. And, it, again, I'm not going to give the, the president too much credit for that just because it kind of fell into his lap and it ended up being a blessing in disguise. But if Gattuso was less of a, an intense person, uh, I don't know if, if this Fiorentina is doing as well. Um, so I thought they – they weren't fantastic. They fully deserve the victory. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's just been – it's just a hindsight of, of a truly incredible season that they're, that they're having in, in Florence. And with the Vladovich thing, they had him and they sold him and they keep winning. It's, you know, almost beat Milan last week. So it's just – it's uh, there's, just been, there's just been an incredible – and one of, one of the, the feel-good stories of, of this team because finally – Fiorentina are, are going to be able to accomplish something that the president says, you know, always is saying that, oh, we're fighting for Europe. Now they actually are. And now they're actually going to probably get into Europe in one way or another. And I think that would be a beautiful and incredible uh, story. However, um, so in this game, um, uh, obviously, I, I don't think – regardless of what I think or feel, you can't completely blame the performance because there was a certain lack of performance. They, it was a disappointing display. They never really put themselves in position to get back in the game. Uh, they, they, they tried, they battled throughout through it, but they never could do it. They never could really find a way to, to get through. Um, it was a horrible start for Roma and they couldn't really recover from it. However, you know, you look at, you look at this game and how it started in the third minute. Um, the referee, um, uh, that just, just for context, do you remember the game against, um, Genoa? I, I, it was either Genoa. I, th I think it was Genoa. The, 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 the pre I, actually, I don't know. It was a team that wears red. Who else wears red? Cal okay. It doesn't matter. Do you remember the game that is, um, Roma were, it was, a, it was a draw and then Roma in the 90th minute had scored a goal by Zaniolo and then it was incorrectly um, uh, uh, called offsides. Do, do, um, does that ring a bell at all? Vaguely. Okay. So the same referee from that game was refereeing this game. So when oh, I turn wait. on my TV. Hang on. Was it against Bologna? Um, no, we got, we poor shitting us for me. I, I don't know. I, I, I vaguely... teams that wear red. I know Cagliari, Bologna, Salentina, and no. Torino, and AC Milan. Those are the only uh, ones that I, I, I are wear red. Maybe, maybe they weren't wearing red. Maybe it was a different team. Anyway, it was just a game where Daniel had scored a winner and it didn't count. Um, I was gonna say Sassuolo, but no, we we drew with them last time, and in the first meeting, we we won late with El Sharawi. So I, I can't. I'm trying to figure out what game this was. Um, anyway, so it, basically, the point I'm making is the same referee. So I turn on the the TV right, and I see this motherfucker, and I'm like, oh hell no, not today, <laughs> because yeah. I'm already agitated. <laughs> because not, it's nothing against him. I just every time. 
he's refereeing, uh, uh, officiating a Roma game. He does something fucking stupid that 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 you know that screws Roma. So I'm already agitated because I I just don't want to see this guy's face, right? Um, and then uh, you know anyway. Then we're in the third fucking minute of this game. Sorry for swearing so much. We're in the third minute, right? Uh, Mika Gonzalez goes into the box. Um, there's a little ten- kind of tension at the end. It's being defended well from Roma. Um, he run- he's running. He's going really fast and ends up dropping to the ground. Again, I'm I'm watching this play in live, and it's obviously nothing. There's nothing about it. Um, and, and then you know a few minutes later, and then up oh, the VAR check. Did it? Did it? <laughs> And then they showed, and this is the fucked up part, right? So, number one, he's being guarded outside the box as he's taking the ball forward. When he gets to the box, Rick Karsdorp is there. He is defending the the play, right? Rick's entire intention is trying to poke the ball out. So he tries to poke the ball. He misfires. Not misfires, but he misses the ball. And he, he's not really uh, um, making contact with the, uh, with the attacker yet either. And the guy falls down. So there's, there's two scenarios here. Number one, this was a blatant dive, which is what I, which is what I, um, what I initially thought. But then I, I kind of thought about it. He was going really fast on the way to the box that because – because, you know, sometimes when you're moving so fast – and you're getting touched by, or not, not, but like in, in football, when someone's moving fast and they get touched by a defender, but it's because of the speed that they end up falling down. I thought maybe it was, it was something like that. And then basically he, whatever, he, he falls to the ground and a crying penalty, uh, you know, and stuff. And then on the replay, there's no foul from outside. But if you're going to call a foul, it's going to be from outside the box. I mean, instead of inside. That's the first thing. Secondly, when he approaches Karsdorp, he initiates initial contact with Rick's shoulder. He, um, Rick Karsdorp tries to poke the ball out as, as he's coming forward. He's unable to do so. And Nico Gonzalez falls to the ground. So given all of that, how on earth can you justify a penalty when, number one, the foul in question was not from inside the box, number two, the attacker initiated the contact, and number three, the defender did not touch the ball or the attacker before he fell to the ground. To make a call like this in the fifth minute of a, a game with huge European um, uh, 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 I can't even talk. European uh, ambition, uh, European con- whatever, European stuff on the line. Um, you you make that call. I'm not saying Roma win the game if they don't, right? But if if you um, if you make a call in that moment with that crowd in that ma- in that atmosphere, there's I'm not saying there's no way back, but it's a defining moment because. Then the, the, the fans are already behind the team already. They're playing really well up to that point, and now it just took them to another level. They go on, they get a second goal. In, in, in fairness, though, Roma should have handled that situation better. But you could see they were piping mad. I thought, like, uh, Mancini was going to start fucking punching someone. I thought he was going <laughs> to deck the referee. He was so pissed. Um, and obviously – Rightly so. Roma still have to rebound from them and go and win the game and come back. 
But then the second goal comes in, they lose concentration for a minute, and Fiorentina won the game. It's a great win, um, but we can't ignore the obvious, which is that penalty is being called five minutes into the game before anybody has a shot yet. Um, and then he, they've given a penalty. It's not a penalty. He scores, and again, I like Neil Gonzalez, but he celebrated that motherfucker like, like he just won the Champions League. You know, if you, you well know that that wasn't a penalty – you score your penalty and you walk away. You don't, you know, give it the the big, you know, whatever in front of the camera. Um, so I just think that the, the officiating in general was bad. Because then this is the other thing, and then I'll let you. Then, then I'll let you respond. Two minutes later. So if you're gonna make that a call, if you're gonna make that a penalty, you have to call soft penalties all game long, all day long. I don't care if there's 20 penalties in this game. If you're gonna call that a penalty, anything soft is a penalty, right? A minute later, um, Jordan of Air Two hits hits a strike into the box. It, it hits um, uh, the defender's shoulder, right below his shoulder. It's it's checked. It's not it's not given as a penalty, which it wasn't a penalty. But my point about this is if you're going to do that, if you're going to call it that way, the first penalty, you have to give that other one as a penalty. There's no excuse for that because the first one was as non-penalty as it gets. So I don't care if it hit his elbow or his shoulder or his foot. If, if there's any possibility that you could call it as a penalty, you have to because how you handled the first one and then – not to mention Zalowski getting pulled to the ground, nothing called. Um, Pellegrini getting his shirt tugged by Milinkovic is ignored. My issue with this game to, in its totality was if you're a referee, you call it down the middle. So if, if this is what goes today, then it goes – this is what goes today on the other side. You have to you have to be unpartial, and if you're going to call the game the way you're going to call the game, you have to do it down the middle, and that just wasn't the case. With all that being said, Fiorentina deserved to win the game. It was a great win. It was a great performance. So my hatred and my anger isn't towards Fiorentina. It's the referee making that decision in that moment that could have changed the rest of the game. Anyway, uh, your reaction. I mean, I love how you actually did a version of the not today, Satan, not today. I love that because <laughs> – that is like me on every day. I'm like, not today, sitting tomorrow ain't looking good either. Go back to your hole. But yeah, it was like, I legit felt bad that you had to deal with him for a second time. I mean, it's ridiculous to give a penalty before any single team had their chance to like make any like chance creation and stuff. So, and then of course you had that player converting the penalty and then celebrating it like it was 1999 in Omar Prince. I mean, just pull your goal and walk away. You did. It's not like you won the freaking lottery, but I mean, just things just did not go your way in this match. And so it's just unfortunate, but I still think you, obviously I still think you finished in the Europa spot. And if, if, well, no, I'm going to be nice today. As I'm feeling generous, I hope you win the conference league, and so you can at least have something to celebrate, even though it it isn't what you wanted. But yeah, at least it's a trophy. I'm just saying. No, but, it's, it, the, the whole connotation about the conference league is totally different because in because you know you know I rolled my eyes and I'm like I don't want to be in fucking this part of this fucking competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's what I've been saying all year. But then you're in a quarterfinal, and you win. 
Then you're in a semifinal against an English team, and you have a chance to make a European final. And then the second you're in that situation, and the second you get through that situation, it's emotional. Because you didn't expect you were going to react this way. You thought you were just going to um, be happy that you can win something. But then you get emotional, you, you, you're at work, you, go, you fall to the ground, and then you go in the, the cooler and, and cry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so this, the, the conference league, I initially, none of us gave it a lot of respect, but it's been a good competition. The knockout stage for the, the conference league is, has been as good as the Europa League. And even though this competition didn't exist a year ago, winning a European final would be amazing. We're, we're going up against a team that uh, we can beat and we should beat and going up against a team that, that we got Rick Karsdorp from. So, you know, if, you know, winning that trophy will be one of the best days of my life just because I don't have a lot of things to celebrate as a Roma fan. I'm not like you, trophy, trophy, trophy. <laughs> Hey, uh, I, I, I got, hey, I didn't know what I was getting into when I signed up for Inter seven years ago. So you can't blame you know, me. You picked you you made you made a lucky choice. Yeah, it was just luck. That was it. Pretty, I mean, it pretty much. It was just like this is the team I I, I like. I'm gonna support this I team. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, to me, the only reason why I picked Inter is because they were like underdogs in a lot of scenarios. Just like I'm an, was an underdog in a lot of the scenarios in my life. So trust me. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing about that is that's what you thought at the time. The answer to that particular question at that time was AC Milan. I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it was just your, your, uh, no, you know, I, I'm not saying you're, you're, you don't, as an interfere, you haven't had hardships, but it's just a different sort of, that's why I'm so emotional about the conference league now. Cause I really want to win that motherfucker. <laughs> um, but also because, you know, we've lost 7-1 to Bayern Munich, 8, sorry, let's see, 8-2 to Manchester United, or 8-1 to, 7-1 to Manchester United, 7-1 to Manchester United, 7-1 uh, uh, to Barcelona, 5-0 to whatever, 7-2 to Fiorentina, you know? So there's a lot of hardship. We were, again, when, we, when, when you first had a fan, we were, we were pushing Juventus and never got through. We, I've, been, I've, been, I've been a runner-up eight times, you know, so it's, it's difficult and all that stuff. And then we've had a bad performance. We've, we've had dysfunction. Were you, you as an Inter fan, has had, you've definitely had issues, had stuff you needed to get over and get through. But the worst result... Sorry, there's a there's like a tornado warning going. Uh, Are you serious? Something like that. I, I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah, we're getting storms here. Tomorrow. Yep, <laughs> it's, it's the sirens going off. <laughs> what too. did you do? I don't know. It's 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 nasty outside. Um. Anyway, but as an Inter fan, you 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 don't have the experience of losing by five goals. I think the worst loss you've ever faced as an Inter fan during that this seven eight year stretch is like three zero, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's a totally different sort of thing, which is why a team like Inter, you know, would not take this competition as seriously. And remember that whole thing I said about uh, this 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 is a type of c c competition that's beneath Roma. Do you remember when I when I was talking about that earlier in the season? Mm -hmm. 
That was stupid. And here's why it was stupid. In the last three years, Roma has finished fifth, sixth, and seventh. That sounds like a conference league team to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like so much of my perspective has kind of changed um, surrounding all of this. And th this is just, this is just where, who we are now. So we have this is, and Mourinho said something really important. This is our Champions League final. Um, and again, we got the special one. I think we're going to fucking win it. Um, but seeing the emotions of Pellegrini, a, a, a guy who, who grew up a Roma fan, who all he wanted to do was play for the club, then he did. Then all he wanted to do was captain the club, and then he did, and then he's become one of the best players in the league. Um, to see him get so emotional, drop to his knees after the final whistle, beating Leicester City, um, Claudio Ranieri, uh, I'm sure you're familiar, the, the guy who, who brought Leicester City to the to the to winning the Premier League. He was in attendance, uh, sitting next to Toti at the Olympico, cheering for Roma against his former team, Leicester, or his, the team he won the, the Premier League with Leicester City. It, you know, again, it was so emotional, so I really want to win that. In. And if you don't like Roma normally, and then don't please don't support us. Please don't cheer for us. Because if you're if 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 we're your rivals, do not there's no reason for you to, to want us to win. But um be honest, if when when Roma are playing someone that's not inter, do you want them to win? If you you want the honest answer? Yeah. I do. Okay. But then again, right. I'm nice as <laughs> no, but you know it's different then because you see Juventus losing, you're like, oh yeah, get in. You know what I mean? When you see AC Milan losing, it's probably a different reaction. You know what I mean? So if and I'm, by the I, way, I, think, I know the sirens are going off. Your guys are currently under a severe thunderstorm warning and a tornado watch right now, so that's why. <laughs> I assume so. Um, so you know, it's just like like if you're because you 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 got the teams you don't like. Um, so when, when you're, if you're supporting someone or you're you, of an Italian teams in Europe, but not one you cheer against, there's no reason why you shouldn't support them and hope they win. And for Italy, bringing back a European trophy will be huge. I don't care if it's a conference league, we would end the, 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 the drought for European trophies. Um, uh, so all in all, you know, I think if you're not a Lazio fan, there's no reason that the rest of the teams shouldn't support us. Again, if you don't cheer for us when we're playing against someone that's not your rival, and if, if you don't want us to win most of the time, then no, you don't have to cheer for us either. But, but you get what I'm saying. There's like that, – that's kind of my rule with, with supporting Italian teams in Europe. If you hate a team and they're playing against a team in a different country, you're not going to want them to win. You're going to want them to lose. You know what I mean? So it's just like – but if, if you're playing – if Atlanta was playing against Liverpool, I'd cheer for Atlanta. If if Inter was playing against Liverpool, I'd cheer for Inter. I don't like it. <laughs> so you you know what I mean. So it's just I think it's just how it's 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 been viewed initially, but now you're in a European final. You're fucking super emotional about it, and every three minutes you're thinking about um, the the potential of what's what's going to happen on that night and and everything. And again, it's a big fucking trophy. I just want to see Pellegrini lift that motherfucker over his head. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so so obviously it was disappointing, the, the Fiorentina result, and obviously the, the referee can go fuck himself, uh, <laughs> um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, 
Copa Italia Inter win and now two weeks to 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 um to decide the fate of Syria. We know what city we know what city it's going to. The only thing that needs to be decided is if it's going to be a big parade or a small parade. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> if it's going to be red or blue. <laughs> um, but the, the Scudetto is coming back to Milan one way or another. Um, so on and so forth. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll do our awards um, in a couple weeks. Um, uh, we'll probably do some source of elimination because h- how, many, how many candidates should be up per award, do you think? I would say no more than three. All right. I've already kind of, like, locked on who my player of the season is, by the way. Okay, that, that's fine. Don't tell me who it is. Um, Let's just say it's a player with two legs. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that. Oh, I don't know who exactly it is. Uh, who, let's, let, oh. I, I'm just going to do this so we can figure out how many candidates we need. Uh, what what are your top three right now? Just off the top of your head, you don't tell me the order and don't tell me who you're picking. Just just say them and don't give it away in your voice if we, who you think is going to win. Who are your top three for that award right now? Martinez, Tammy Abraham, and Rastadori. Okay, um, Martinez has to be in there. Abraham has to be in there. Um, Hold on, let's think. Um, I would say Mobley and uh, Barak have to be there too. Is that fair? That seems fair enough. Um, so, so that's the uh, Mobley, Barak, um, Abraham, um, Raspadori, Martinez. So for Player of the Year, let's do five. For the rest of them, let's do three. Because, to be honest, if you really thought about it, I could think of 12 different candidates for player of the season. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, it's like literally you could think of like, I only had like a short list of three, but then you're like, oh, wait, but then there was this dude. And then there was that dude. It's the oh, way you think about it. Because you think about the numbers. You think about the impact. Because you can look at, okay, Barella's been this, that, and the other thing. But he's also missed. Like, you know how you know how petty my my thought process about this is. Oh, but he missed a sitter against AC Milan that would have tipped the title. So I'm like, okay, he's out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have it's to totally find weird. some reason to not have someone in your um in your award. Because my thing is like, if if this player didn't win the league or he should have won the league and he did something in one of these games that that prevented them from doing that, then he has to go to. <laughs> Because then you can, you can, you can, and again, if, if you're like, if you finish sixth, seventh, eighth, but you had a great, it, it's, it's really hard to like find the, the criteria because you can say, obviously, Mobley and Vladovich just score big goals. And then you have guys that have, who haven't scored big goals, but have had like a, do you remember the, the season that Dabala had in 2020 where he yep. had his numbers weren't crazy, but he, he was insane? He had an insane season. Because you could you could easily argue that for for the kid kid from, kid from Verona, Verona or Raspadori. So it's just, I don't know it's really difficult. The, the funny thing is, the rest of the awards are kind of like they're not like given, but there's only one or two options in, in each of the categories. So uh, 
Um, yeah. Anyway, so so that's going to be interesting to, to see, and then we'll do uh, team of the season um, and so on. And um, 